and welcome to episode two of the Random Thoughts podcast. That's R-A-N-D-U-M-B Thoughts. I am Darren O'Neill, your host. Uh, Today, we are talking about assumptions. In episode one, we talked about perspective. Today, we're going to be talking about assumptions because it's something that everybody does at one time or another, and it's all over the social media right now as far as people reporting news, people talking about other people, whether it's celebrities or politicians or just about their friends. People are making assumptions all the time, and it can really get you into trouble. Speaking of trouble and assumptions, the big story right now, and I think it has a lot to do with assumptions, is the Roseanne Barr story. And this is, uh, if you've been following along, and most people have heard about this one, because Roseanne, of course, came back with her show after years and years and years, and it was a big, big hit, 18 million viewers or something on the the uh, the re-release of it, and it was a very popular show because it handled politics in a different way than most other shows on television, being that you had a character, in this case, the main character is Roseanne, who was actually a Trump supporter, a Trump supporter in real life. And this was, I guess, huge news to people because we're so diverse in this country that having one person on a major network that likes the president is a far out gone weird idea. I mean, ask yourself why that is and ask if there's really any balance there. Uh, But for this particular podcast, talking about assumptions, We're going to talk about the tweet heard around the world that took Roseanne's mega popular ABC show, which had just been renewed for a season two and killed it with one tweet. Not only did it kill it with one tweet, but it killed the show in record time. It was kind of like there was a tweet at like three in the morning and by like noon the next day, the show had been canceled. Does anything work this fast in this country when a big company, a big conglomerate, in this case, ABC is involved? It was a very weird thing to watch, whether or not you agreed with with what she said. And I don't really know how you can agree with it uh, or whether, you know, depending how offended you were by what she said and by the to figure out how offended you're going to be about what she said. And in her tweet. It was about Valerie Jarrett, who is an advisor, was an advisor to Barack Obama, probably still is. She was always very intertwined with Barack Obama's political career. Now, she is a woman who was born in Iran, and from what I understand, she is half black, half Iranian. Well, Roseanne Barr made a tweet, posted a tweet. I guess you don't make a tweet, but she posted a tweet that said, If the Muslim Brotherhood and Planet of the Apes had a baby, you would have Valerie Jarrett. And of course, and maybe rightfully so in this case, the Internet screamed racist. And that's an assumption. You know, and this is where I look at things like this with anybody in the public eye. And Roseanne is certainly in the public eye. Does she have a history of this? She isn't new to the public eye. She certainly isn't new to tweeting. Using social media has done countless hours of stand up, countless hours of interviews. And I would assume if she was a raving racist, we would have heard about that by now, because this is the kind of thing you hear about in this day and age, especially if the person 
that you're going to claim as a racist is a conservative because that's what the Hollywood left seems to be doing right now. And I don't care which side of the aisle you're on. Look at the news. It's not hard to see that there is a slant. Maybe it's a slant that you agree with, and that's all fine and dandy. But there definitely is a slant. With that said, this story was covered in a weird kind of a way, because the first thing when I saw that tweet, I didn't jump to racist. And the reason for that is the movie Planet of the Apes, whether or not you consider it a classic movie or a great work of art, that's all on you. But the movie Planet of the Apes is about the human race being enslaved. Now, this to me, when you're making a statement about somebody involved in politics with somebody involved from the left who is definitely more along the lines of that socialist point of view than maybe the totally free market point of view, I found that there maybe was some validity if taken just on the basis of the ideas. I didn't immediately jump to the fact that Valerie Jarrett was half black or whatever percentage she is. And that's what everybody else jumped to. And that's fine because I understand it. You say Planet of the Apes. That's where people go. Unless, of course, you're the commentators on the left who constantly compare Trump to an orangutan, but I guess then that's not racist because he's white. I mean, if there's another reason, you can feel free to let me know, but that's the only thing I can see. But with that said, again, I was wondering, Roseanne, does she have this racist background? I mean, I know Wanda Sykes, comedian, been around forever, was a, uh, she was part of the show as part of the writing or she was producing or something, but she was a part of this new Roseanne reboot. There were black actors on the reboot, and I never really have heard anything about Roseanne being a racist. I was listening to the latest, or one of the latest, he puts podcasts out like every three minutes, I don't know how he does it, but I was listening to the Joe Rogan podcast where he was talking to Kevin Smith, And this came up and Kevin Smith asked Joe Rogan if he knew Roseanne. And he's like, well, not well, but I did talk to her recently about this right after this happened. And Roseanne told him and Joe Rogan said very clearly that he did not believe she was making up a story for him. He did not believe she was lying. Roseanne told him that she had no idea that Valerie Jarrett was black. And Joe Rogan at this point, him and Kevin Smith talking, you're like, you know, they admitted these are two guys talking about politics who don't follow politics at all. So they pulled up a picture of Valerie Jarrett and both of them agreed pretty much like, yeah, you can't tell. You know, this is not a this is not a case to where you're making a, a comment about somebody where something is crystal clear. If you don't follow politics on a minutia level, you don't know who Valerie Jarrett is. You certainly don't know her background and everything unless you do some research on it. So was it a stupid tweet? Yes, it was a stupid tweet because she didn't take into account the reaction people were going to have. She didn't look at this from every possible way and see how it could be taken. She never thought that this would be considered a racist tweet because she was kind of thinking this was the same thing as Bill Maher comparing Trump to an orangutan, comparing Valerie Jarrett and her policies to the Planet of the Apes. It's the same damn thing, except she's black. 
Roseanne claims she didn't know that. So that's an assumption she made before she made this tweet was that she didn't think she was black. That was an assumption. Was it a right assumption? Obviously not. Did it get her into a lot of hot water? Obviously so. But is it really meant to be racist? Why in this day and age are we judging people on one tweet, one little 280 character message that was sent out to the world can now destroy 65 years of a track record for this woman? So if she's never really said racist things, have never proven to be a racist for 65 years, why do you think one little tweet should change that? Unless it's blatantly obvious, and in this case, it was not. Do a little research. Look up the Planet of the Apes, the original. I know it's been remade a billion times because obviously the original was no good. But the movie dealt with some very important sociological issues. This wasn't just pulling out that she was a cross between an ape and the Muslim Brotherhood. Now, see, that would have been a lot more racist to me if she was "Ah, a mix between a gorilla and the Muslim Brotherhood. But the Planet of the Apes movie dug deeper than that. There was actually, at the time that it came out, it was a little bit, you know, of a thought thing. People were like, wow, this is, this is different. This is new. This is tackling issues that nobody was really tackling at the time. So I find that to be interesting. You know, one, the reaction that she got, how quickly the show was canned, how quickly everybody came out to totally bombast her for what she said, which while may be stupid, I'm not convinced that it was racist. Could it be taken as racist? Oh yeah. There's no doubt about it. It could be taken as racist, but if you want to play debate, I can make the case for the Planet of the Apes being a movie about the enslaving of the human race and put that together with the politics of Valerie Jarrett very, very easily. So we're making assumptions about what we think Roseanne meant. She was making assumptions about Valerie Jarrett and not knowing what race she was, which, I mean, this is a melting pot, right? This is America. We're supposed to be beyond this. And I try to be beyond this. And I try to not think of things in those categories, and I don't think I usually do. You know, I don't think that I immediately see somebody and uh, judge them upon their appearance, no matter what that is. But I'm sure some people do. I try not to. And in this case, I'm going to give Roseanne the benefit of the doubt that she didn't even know Valerie Jarrett was black. She was making a comment about her politics. But then once she said it, realized that probably nobody's going to believe that. So the best thing you can just do is apologize and move on. Although, you know, in in this current political climate, that is very hard to do because we're playing the gotcha game no matter what. So there's no proof to me that I've seen that Roseanne Barr is racist. If it's out there, point it out to me. Would love to see it. But I don't believe that we should be totally judging somebody on the content of one tweet. Roseanne's 65 years old. She was on Ambien, which if you do a little bit of research about Ambien, this was the thing that really maybe enraged me the most about watching how this Roseanne Barr thing was handled online. Once she mentioned Ambien, people went nuts. Like this was so far out of left field that Roseanne must be nuts. She's really grasping at straws. Can you believe this? It's like, well, well, no, because see, I listened to the No Agenda podcast 
And they talk about this kind of stuff all the time, about all these massive school shootings and all this, and how many of these people that commit crimes like this are on drugs, and not illegal drugs. You know, we're talking the drugs that they're prescribed for a variety of issues that alter the brain chemistry and can have massive side effects. And in this case, Roseanne being on Ambien, people are making fun of her. Like, how can you say that? Like, yeah, sure, that's the reason you tweeted this. Do a little research on Ambien. And they talked about this on the Joe Rogan show, too, with Kevin Smith, that they knew people that had taken Ambien, got up in the middle of the night, made themselves a complete meal, ate the meal, went back to bed, and in the morning could not figure out why there were dirty dishes in their sink. They thought somebody else had came in and had a meal. They had no idea that this was them, that they had gotten up made a meal, had it, went back to bed, all on Ambien, didn't remember a thing about it. They were talking about somebody else on Ambien that was pulled over, another actor. They didn't remember who. But when the cop pulled him over, the guy was just incoherent, saying something about, you know, he had to get to the party or something. So Ambien can affect people in very weird ways. They can be sleepwalking. They can be sleep driving. So why can't they be sleep tweeting? I mean, if you can get up and have the capability to make yourself a meal, eat that meal, put the dishes in the sink and go back to bed and not remember that it happened, well, I'm also going to give Roseanne Barr the benefit of the doubt that if she was on Ambien, overworked, 65 years old, maybe a little sleep deprived, Maybe she didn't remember saying this, or maybe she wasn't in her right mind, or she wasn't even thinking about it, or, you know, this is, this is again, a assumption that everybody's making is that the way you want things to be, or the way you believe things to be, are the way that they are, and that's not always the truth. That's not always the reality of the situation. Sometimes your assumptions are wrong. I mean, that's why you have the old saying, right? Well, hey, you know what happens when you assume? Well, you make an ass out of you and me. <laughs> well, it's true. You can't assume to know something. If you don't have facts, you can't treat them as facts. And that's something that goes on way too much in this day and age is you treat an assumption as a fact and it gets you into trouble. I've been a top Amazon reviewer for a few years now. And back when they gave uh, allowed people to get free products in order to review them, I got a bunch of products. Recently, I had uh, I went to go review a product that I had purchased myself because Amazon no longer allows you to get free products for the purposes of doing a review. But I went to go review a product. And my account was showing that I could no longer review all of my reviews had been deleted, which we're talking like 1500 reviews, which we have done over the years and years at Amazon. Well, I couldn't figure this one out. So I emailed Amazon and of course got absolutely nothing back because they're a big conglomerate and they don't really care. You know, they're just doing their thing. And I couldn't figure this out except a couple of days later, I got a package in the mail from Amazon and I'm like, Hey honey, did you order something from Amazon? No. Well, I didn't order anything. Let's see what's in this box. And I opened it up and there was a, uh, a neck massager, a foot massager, and a couple little TENS devices, which are little uh, uh, from sore muscles and that. They're little electronic uh, massage type things. I had not ordered them. And I'm like, well, you know what? Now, see, this is making sense. 
This is the reason why Amazon booted our reviewer account. And I'm like, I didn't, I didn't talk to this company. I didn't ask this company to send anything. This is all against Amazon's new rules since the end of 2016. So I'm like, let me go look at my Amazon account. And I pulled up my orders and the company that had sent this was a company that I had purchased a, uh, one of these neck massagers that you, you know, you put behind your neck and you put your arms in like the little slings and it's, you know, it's kind of an automatic little neck massager thing that rotates behind your neck and you hold the, you know, you apply the pressure yourself. They're, you know, really, really popular right now. Well, when I went to get one, I bought it for my wife and the one that was Amazon recommended. If you ever shopped at Amazon, you see, usually if you're looking in a certain category, there's a product that Amazon recommends. This is the Amazon's choice. Buy this one. Well, that's the one we bought. And it broke in like two hours of using the thing. The thing was garbage. The plastic broke. So we returned this. And this was like two months ago. So we returned that. No problem. I bought two different ones because I once we got it, we liked the concept, but in reality, the one that we bought was crap. So we bought two different ones from two different companies, and those have both been great. We, you know, again, spent our own money on these, bought these massagers, so left positive reviews for those two, a negative one for the one that was Amazon recommended. Now, here's the thing. This company, two months down the road, without any input from me, this is the company that Amazon recommended. I had no uh, other contact with this company. I didn't have any other relationship with this company. It was because Amazon recommended them that I bought their product. They decided they saw my bad review and they decided they sent me a message in an email that said, oh, we're sorry you didn't. You had such a problem with that. You know, we'll send you something to make up for that. Well, Amazon saw this order being placed for me through their system. I never gave this company my address. I never gave them my information. I never contacted them about the crappy product that I got from them in the first place. So they somehow could go to Amazon, which scares me with Amazon and data and all this stuff is how they're protecting your information because this company that I bought a product of through Amazon, I'm like, well, I'm buying from Amazon. I'm not buying from this company. I'm buying from Amazon. I returned it to Amazon. But obviously, because I bought this product through Amazon, they now allowed this company to send me free products through Amazon. Amazon shipped them. This was the manufacturer that Amazon recommended that I purchase from. They sent me this free product through Amazon, and they now decided that I broke their terms and service of service and terms and conditions because I was getting free product and I was a top reviewer. Even though I had nothing to do with the company, the only thing I had to do with the company is I believed the Amazon recommended and I bought the product from them. So I emailed Amazon again, and this time they responded to, to their credit within like 24 hours and said, oh crap, we're sorry. And they turned my review account back on. But you see, Amazon here made an assumption that because a company was sending me a free product, that they were going to turn off my reviews because now I was a bad reviewer. I wasn't following their rules, even though I had nothing to do with this particular order of sending me new stuff. My wife said, this is a, this is a perfect way for these companies. They saw that I had left a negative review for them. I left a positive review for two of their competitors. 
So all they had to do was send me a couple little trinkets of free crap, and Amazon deletes all my reviews. So Amazon, if you're listening, which I'm sure you're not, uh, your system sucks, and you need to figure out a way to uh, separate the fake reviewers from the bought and sold reviewers. I mean, Amazon's the company that's trying to sell facial recognition software to law enforcement, but they can't figure out who are the good reviewers, the real reviewers, and who are the fake reviewers on their own damn website. It doesn't seem to make any sense to me, Amazon. So uh, you may want to fix that system a little bit. Stop making assumptions from something that I had nothing to do with, and it was everything about Amazon. So Amazon allowed another company basically to kind of screw with my reviewing account briefly. Again, kudos to Amazon for getting it taken care of. But, you know, these are the kind of assumptions that we see on a daily basis. There's a lot of assumptions we make. We have an assumption that London, the UK, is a much safer country because they don't, they have anti-gun. There's no guns in the UK, except this morning there was a story about people being gunned down with a machine gun on the London streets. Oh, I thought it was a gun-free zone. We made an assumption. It's not. And they still have knives and they stab people and they throw acid on people. But, you know, if you get rid of guns, that's the assumption that you'll live in a utopia. No, you can maybe take some guns off the street. You can lower that amount. But bad people are going to do bad things. If you make laws strictly about the bad people, you will take care of all of this, which we already have in this country. But that is another complete political rant that you probably don't want to listen to, especially since I have a little bit of a cold here and I can feel my voice going a little bit. But these are the assumptions we make. Something like, you know, hey, London, I'm never going to get gunned down in London. You will. It's a possibility anyway. It's not like it never happened. So... How they got machine guns in London, go on to your local news and see if you're going to read any stories about that. And let's not forget, again, there's a political rant in there. And as long as we're talking about politics, let's talk about Trump for a minute. He's a guy I didn't vote for. You know, in the in the primaries, it's like I was a I was a Ben Carson guy. I thought he was the smartest candidate out there. Probably not the most uh, probably not the most dynamic but, you know, he's a neurosurgeon or something. You know, I don't care that he's black. I mean, here's again, we're making assumptions on things. And one of the assumptions that you're seeing all the time now on social media, and you're seeing it in the real media, which is even more scary, is that Trump is a racist. You know, this is the same thing. That's This is the uh, thing that's being thrown around Roseanne's neck right now, too, right? This is, oh, you're a racist. You got to be a racist. Well, Trump's a racist. We've heard this a thousand times. Go back and look through past news stories. Go to the internet before everything's all scrubbed out, if they can get it, and find out that, you know, back in the 80s and 90s, Jesse Jackson praised Trump for everything that he did for minorities. The NAACP gave awards to Trump for the things that he was doing for minorities, what he was doing for black employment, what he was doing to help those less fortunate, trying to level the playing field. But the minute he gets involved in politics, he's a racist. And everybody that praised him immediately turns the switch and starts going off against him. That's not legitimate. That is not being honest. This is not a black and white society. This is not a yes or no. 
he how can the guy be a racist? Is this the same guy that you gave awards to? Is this the same guy that you praised? The only thing different about him now is he's calling himself a Republican and he's the president of the United States. So it seems they're doing anything they can to discredit him. I don't understand. Louis Farrakhan, who is probably the most left when it comes to political viewpoints. The other day, there was a video online of him saying that Donald Trump has done more to go after the enemy of the black man than any other president in recent history. Louis Farrakhan is saying this. I mean, I don't know if I've ever agreed with anything Louis Farrakhan said, but I certainly know he's not the mouthpiece for the racist white. This is definitely, if you if you want to try making that case, you come at me with that one. But this is Louis Farrakhan saying Donald Trump has done more to go after the enemies of the black man than any other president in recent history. Yet we're seeing echoed over and over again on the tweeters and the Facebooks that Trump is a Cheeto. He's a racist. He's He likes the KKK. People, go do your homework again and find out where the KKK started. Find out which party was the party of the KKK. Find out which was really the racist party. Because I'll give you a little bit of a hint. It wasn't the Republicans. So I don't really care which side you're on right now. I know things can change. I know things move in different directions. But if you don't know your history, you're going to be doomed to repeat it. So you might want to go check out the party that you're backing and what they stood for. One of the things that I hear fairly often is the Republicans are so horrible because they only wanted, this is going back into the Civil War times, they only wanted the slaves to be counted as three-fifths of a person. It's a three-fifths clause, and you see people today going off on, Hey, the Republicans only thought blacks were worth three-fifths of a person. How horrible is that? Again, do your homework. Go find out why this was. This was all about voting rights. This was not about dehumanizing anybody of a particular race. This was about how many votes the South was going to get. Think of the Electoral College today. The votes that were being counted at that time. When you were counting a black man at that time in the South, you would have been giving more votes to people who believed in slavery. The three-fifths wasn't about, this wasn't coming about at the time where blacks could vote. And this was a horrible point in history. There's no doubt about it. But by making the black man worth less at that point gave them their freedom. It did not take it away. So people that say the Republicans are horrible because they believed in this three-fifths clause do not understand what they're talking about in the very least. It was something that was put into place to help end slavery, not to help extend slavery. This is why things like assumption are important, because you're assuming you know something and you don't. You're assuming you're right and you're wrong. So do your homework. Figure things out. Don't believe what you're seeing. Don't believe what you're hearing. Try to put things into context because context 
is what in, that's really what is important at this point to know what is true to know what is not true put things into context london's a utopia gun-free zone we all want to be like london yet people are getting attacked on a daily basis there with one of the surgeons in one of the top hospitals in the london area comparing it to a war zone you really think london's a utopia is that what we want here you don't understand what you're talking about. You're making assumptions. Was Rosanna racist? I don't know. But I can't make the assumption that she is or is not based upon one tweet. I don't think we should judge anybody based upon one tweet. I think that we need to to expand things and understand that our attention span in this day and age is getting really, really short. And the fact that we're doing so much of the public discourse so much of the public debate is happening on websites that restrict us to, you know, 280 characters. There's really not enough to get involved in a real discussion there. Add the fact that there are other people from other countries who can pretend to be anything they want. Forget the fact that there are bots that will fool you into thinking they're real. If you don't believe that, go go find the uh, video of the latest Google Artificial Intelligence, which can answer phone calls and interact with people that you would have no idea you were talking to a computer. Again, you're making an assumption. The example that was used was a hairstylist. You call up and answer the phone, gave the name of the hairstyle organization, the store, the shop, whatever. And the person's like, well, yeah, I'd like to make an appointment. Oh, what time? Oh, how about around 12? Well, we have one at one o'clock. Okay, thank you. That would be great. The computer even added stuff in like um, little sounds that made it sound human. So it would fool almost anybody. So if you don't believe you might get fooled on Twitter and fall for a bot, you're just fooling yourself. Assumptions. That's what I want you to think about this week. If you think something's true, but you don't have the proof, go do your homework. Don't assume that somebody's racist or not racist, or good, or bad, or truthful, or lying based upon one tweet. Do a little bit of more homework, or if it's somebody that you can interact with, ask them questions. Talk to them. Get face-to-face. Screw this 280-character limit. Have a real discussion with somebody, and don't be afraid to put the real topics on the table. Talk about race. Talk about religion. This bullcrap that we shouldn't talk about, you know, race and religion, you know, the most important things that, you know, revolve around people's lives, where the real problems are happening, where we can have real progress, to say don't talk about them, I think is absolutely nuts. So go out and have a conversation with somebody. Talk about something, even if it maybe it's a little bit, you know, ooh, a little bit crazy to talk about. You feel a little weird because you never talked about it before. It feels a little bit uncomfortable. Uncomfortable is good, people. Uncomfortable is good. That's how you're going to make progress. That's how you're going to understand the other side. Don't just tell if you're a liberal, if you're a Democrat, don't just say the Republicans are racist and yell Nazi scum at them. Well, maybe have a conversation because you might find out they're not. And conservatives, you might think that all liberals are absolutely nuts. I've been a victim of that myself. I've had that thought, and I try to bring myself back down because I know everybody cannot be 
put into one little box. And it's easy to do, and it's really easy to do when you want to have a debate and play the gotcha game. But the best thing that you can do is sit down with somebody that's different than you, that believes differently than you do, and have a real conversation. If you make any breakthroughs, let me know. This has been episode two of the Random Thoughts podcast. As my voice is leaving, so am I. I am Darren O'Neill. Thanks for listening.